Blog Talk Radio. This is the eighth grade class from Cross Lutheran Church and School. My name is Jason Doss alongside and here we are, Kiki May 2018, yeah. National Day of Prayer. We've got a special guest with us. His name is Norm Miller. He's the chairman of Interstate Batteries. Yes. And you're going to be talking to everybody here today. And I thought about when you were coming down here, to me, the Bible is like the battery in your car, in your life. <laughs> Great you take example. The battery, yeah. You take the battery out of your car, it's not going to work, yeah. no matter how nice it is. And so you meant, you, you're going to talk about how important it is to find a good Bible church. Tell us why that's so important. Well, the key thing, you know, the scripture says that man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So what it says, physically we need the food and we need refreshment, and, but also our heart and our soul and our man needs the word of God. It's the truth of life. And so that's uh, what I'm going to try to share. People try to tell me all that, and I would, didn't listen until I was 34, and I started listening, and God has blessed me and helped me. and and fulfill me, to, and so I want to share that. I was wondering if I'm you had any advice for kids my age coming in trying to get into like the business industry. It's like, what advice would you have for people my age? You know, I guess the key thing I would say is uh, I would try to uh, see, I would pray and ask God to lead me where he wants me to get, be, to give me divine discernment, the knowledge of his will, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I know that sounds, you know, kind of high lifey, but the point is, if you seek after God, tell him you want to do what he wants you to do, and ask him to lead you into it, and then listen, make, go at it, and uh, Ask God to bless you all along the way. What a, what a blessing it is to be together and to be here with you all today. If you'll bow your hearts with me in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we gather here today to honor and praise your name, we are forever mindful of the many blessings you have given each of us, and for those blessings we are grateful. As we take time to make new friends today and rekindle old relationships and share our faith, be with those who are not able to be with us today. Watch over them and guide them as they go about their day. And especially we pray for those who are grieving or those in need of your healing touch or those who are lonely. We are thankful for Norm Miller and know that you have blessed him with the strength and heart to share his life story and how you have been the one guiding him along life's journey. Thank you for being the rock in a life who has made such a difference in so many lives. Each day you prepare your people in work and study for the day. This preparation through your guidance gives so many the opportunity to be beacons for your love and grace. 
We want to thank those with us today from the Southwest Airlines Flight 1380 who were prepared for challenges and carried out a plan that protected and safely brought that plane back to the ground. You work a wonderful and you work in wonderful and mysterious ways. The reason we must always be prepared at any time for you to take charge. Dear Lord, we continue to be please continue to be with our military men and women here and at home and around the world. Keep your loving arms around them as they stand watch in places we cannot even imagine. Bring them home safely and continue to be with their families at home who are anxiously awaiting their safe return. We're grateful for our local responders who seem to be more unappreciated and disrespected each day. Be with each and every one of them. Our police, our sheriff's deputies, EMS and firefighters as they work to keep us safe and keep our community safe. I ask for a special blessing for our elected officials who perform duties that are challenging and difficult each day. Please give them patience and strength to do the things that are right in your eyes here locally, statewide, nationally, and around the world. Thank you for our community of business leaders who continue to witness and bring your love and grace into the business community in New Braunfels, Texas. Continue to bless them in their personal lives and strengthen them as they set the positive direction for all of us who know you are the real reason for any successes we may enjoy. And Lord, we most appreciate today for the food received here this morning. We thank you for these gifts and for those hands who have prepared it so that we may go from here to do your service. For all of this and so much more, we praise you in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. of Valerie Leeds. And you're listening to live coverage of the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast with the ChristCast 2020.
Grace Preparatory Academy. Great way to kick off the morning. Good morning. What a what a great sight to see. Uh, this this incredible crowd here this morning. I want to thank the New Braunfels uh, Christian Businessman's Connection for uh, another great year. Thank you all. It's not surprising to me that we have this many people here celebrating uh, the National Day of Prayer, uh, prayer in New Braunfels, prayer in our state, prayer in our nation. Um, you know, it's not surprising that this community <clears throat> has a, a backbone of faith founded on Good Friday, uh, almost 175 years ago, in 1845. We'll be celebrating in two years, 175 years of a city founded on Good Friday, Founded on faith, and I think we've carried on the tradition. What do you What do you think? I think we have. So, thank you again. Thank you for all that y'all do, and thank y'all for reminding us that the power of prayer, that prayer, should be part of our everyday life. I know this morning I uh, I was uh, putting that power to good use with my eight year old trying to get him out the door. Um, done. It did work. It's so much better than uh, the alternative. Uh, it's a positive, positive message when we tap our faith and remind others that we seek a greater guidance. Thank you. I'm Jordan Hoffman, and this is a reading from the Old Testament. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Good morning, I'm Lee McCormick. This is our New Testament reading. A reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. The word of the Lord. Would you please bow with us as we spend some time in prayer? Our first topic would be to pray for our government. God in heaven, we bow before you now as our king, recognizing that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords. You are the ruler of our individual lives and our collective lives together, and especially of this city. So we take time now to pray for those that lead us, those that govern us, especially for our mayor, our uh, councilmen and women, our judges, those that uh, have been elected to serve us in this capacity. God, would you give them wisdom? Would you give them discernment that they might lead our city in your ways, uh, putting aside their own agendas for your agenda, God, that the truth and uprightness may be upheld in our city, God. Be with this upcoming election, God, we know that you govern over even those things. You put rulers, you put uh, officials into their place, and so we trust you, God. Would you protect our city? Would we be a united city, God, united around uh, the faith, united around the things that honor and please you? We pray these things in Christ's name. Father, I'd like to pray for education this morning. Lord, our children, 
education, Lord, our leaders provide the path and the way where our, our children are looking to these leaders, the administrators, the teachers, to provide leadership and compassion, Lord. Lord, give them patience. The teachers need guidance from leadership. Our children need guidance from our teachers, Lord. I pray that all these children who are learning from our community leaders can have comfort in God's character, His love, His forgiveness, or that we can provide them the best atmosphere for them to learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Two ways we pray for our church. Lord, we thank you for your church. Lord, you make it clear in your word, God, how you feel about your church. You call the church your bride. And Lord, in a day and an age where our love for the church is growing cold, Lord Jesus, I pray that amongst your people you would rise up, Lord Jesus, a great love for your church, that we would once again endeavor, Lord, to make her great. Lord, it was your church that you gave the greatest gift of all. Lord God, you gave the gift of the gospel to take to the nations, Lord God, to take to people. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that within your church there would grow such an affinity for your love, Lord God, such an affinity for your gospel, that people would rise up with a boldness, Lord God, with a desire to go out, Lord God, and to stand firm on the principles and the guiding love that you gave to each and every one of us. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would strengthen your church within the United States, within our community. God, that she would be that drawing point, that she would be that place of refuge, that place that people would know that they could turn when they're in difficult times. Lord, I thank you that it is in your church that we find hope and that we find healing. Lord, I pray that we would go forth with grace and with mercy, Lord God, to give the very things that you have given to us, Lord, that we would let the world know, that we would let people know that it is only in you that we can find our hope and our peace. So, Lord Jesus, we just ask that you would continue to come. God, that you would continue to pour out your mercy, that you would continue to pour out your love upon your church as we take her forth, God, to represent you for the world and for the nation, Lord God, for our community. We ask your blessing on her now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for the military. Almighty God, we stand before you this morning knowing that you are the creator and the author of mankind. This morning, help us to understand and be mindful of the cost that is paid for our freedom. Lord, help us to understand the work that is being done through our military men and women today. God, I pray today for our Commander-in-Chief and for our military leaders that they would seek you and seek you tirelessly. Lord, I pray that you would preserve the members today of our Navy, of our Army, our Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, and our Air Force. That you would be with their families, Lord, that you would help them cope with the daily life and the challenges that they walk through. Lord, I pray that you would be with those today, our military men and women that are in harm's way, that are separated from their families, God, that you would be with them and that you would give them strength today that you would help them know that you care for them and love for them. And God, that you would just walk with them today. Lord, I am truly inspired by those who serve, by the veterans who have given their lives to our country and given their time. And may we continue to stand bravely and face the challenges that are ahead of us that they have
diligently presented to us. Lord, walk with us today. Help us to know you better. Help us to serve you. And Lord, may you bless our country in a mighty way. And bless our military members as they serve. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. That was Gary Heatherly. Good morning. Join me as we pray over business in our community and our nation. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning grateful and thankful that we're called to be your children, God, called to be your servants. I ask that we have an eager obedience, like Paul talks about in Romans, to go out in our business place, Lord, and that we have a servant's heart. I'm reminded of Stephen in the book of Acts, called to one of the smallest duties, Lord, but he had a joyful heart in the way that he served, and that certainly led to persecution, Lord. We know that we stand in a dark, dark world and let our light uh, be shined brightly amongst our businesses, and that um, we stand boldly just as Stephen did, proclaiming your word to those around us. And uh, my hope is that one day, because of the things that we did in our business, amongst this community, amongst this nation, that we will be able to look up to the heavens and you will shine your face upon us. So Lord, we stand, uh, ask that you stand before us, God, that you bless our businesses, um, that you continue to have us to be a beacon and a light on the hill, Lord. And we ask all of these in the name of the ultimate servant, your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And Father, we continue our prayers to thank you for who you are. Lord, one of your mighty names is Yahweh, the covenant making, covenant keeping God. And in that word, we thank you for your high calling and master design of work in the workplace. What a privilege it is, Lord, from the opening pages of Genesis, and you laid out your plan for our stewardship, Lord, and the final chapters that you're writing to complete your master plan in the workplace. We look forward to that day. Lord, thank you for that work matters to you. Thank you for those that got up early and prepared this breakfast for the, the folks here at the center, civic center that uh, had the room ready to go. Lord, I pray for each and every person here, Lord, that uh, this day, as we talk and continue to lift you up, Lord, that, um, that you would move in and into our own personal lives, Lord, the workplace, that we make space with our actions and reactions to uh, to be able to glorify you. Lord, I thank you for the guests, uh, Andre Trinko, who's come all the way from Ukraine today. We're going to be able to experience a national day of prayer in the country. Thank you for his work, his sports quest, uh, leading his nation. Father, thank you for our speaker, friend, Nora Miller, for his 56 years in areas with his wife, and Lord, as well serving his uh, interstate batteries team, Father. Just the words from the staff over these 56 years and how he cares and how his character and integrity and devotion for the use of the workplace to magnify you. And Father, we're so grateful to have the crew of uh, Flight 1380. Lord, we thank you for the way that you came to their side and the way they have been trained and equipped to be able to serve. Father, a model that we use for, for days on about critical thinking and problem solving to follow through, Lord, to be able to serve sacrificially. I thank you for each one of them. They've got a new platform, and uh, from this live experience, I ask you to give them wisdom, discernment, and guidance as they move forward and continue to excel still more. Most of all, Lord, we thank you that in our workplace that we can be about making much of Jesus, Lord, with us just in our actions and reactions, because you, Jesus, change everything. We ask these things in your son's name, amen. I want to thank you to have Southwest Airlines, the CEO, Gary Kelly, sent uh, the crew down here to be with us. They've selected and been intentional about their first public appearance 
and they've chosen to come be with us this morning. This is Captain Timmy Joe Schultz. You'll stand up. getting a full-on standing ovation. Well-deserved. Another thing that was kind of interesting, 
they, their company, they send people off for sales every other week. The men have to go, the men or women, they go off and they have to leave their families for a week at a time. And he has experienced that, and he's a man that um, puts faith in business and his, puts his faith and family above business. And so he started a curriculum and wrote a curriculum and uh, came and, and basically changed the culture and said family comes first. And he did put all these things into practice in his company. He brought in company chaplains, uh, did a lot of amazing things. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and let him get started. He said he's going to talk for a couple of hours. So. <laughs> Great audience, but I usually speak to a lot of great heads, you know. And uh, 
One of my favorites is a friend of mine. Matter of fact, it's Sally Turpin. I forgot about that. Jack Turpin and Sally Turpin started T-Barrel. And Sally uh, was in the kitchen one morning, and she was doing stuff, you know, and her granddaughter was about, I don't know, seven years old or something. She said, came in there, and she said, Grandmama, she said, Grandmama, how old are you? And Sally said, now, honey, that's something I don't tell everybody or anybody, so why don't you just run along and play, and I'll finish cleaning up in here, and we'll do some paper dolls or do something with the book. And so uh, if you've ever been keeping kids, you know when it gets deathly quiet, that you better go looking for her. <laughs> and that's what happened. Got quiet. Sally thought, where's that girl? So she took off went all over the house, ended up in the master bedroom. And the, there the girl was right in the middle of her bed, had her purse out, wallet out, turned upside down. <laughs> Sally walked in and she said, Grandma, she said, I got your driver's license. <laughs> and it says you're 65. And besides that, you got an F in sex. <laughs> So I was raised in Galveston, and Galveston 
too. And not all good. Uh, Galveston, during World War II, Galveston was 95,000 people. Today it's 60,000 people. Very few cities on the water in the United States have lost population. And that was because of World War II, which is all blown up with the military. And uh, I don't know if y'all know this. Do you, do you know the way German warboats in the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, I mean, submarines were in the Gulf of Mexico. Submarine, German submarines sank ships out in the Gulf of Mexico when I was in Galveston. I remember having blackouts. That they, I was just like five or six years old, but the whole they blacked out the whole island and uh, because of the you know the whole war situation. But anyway, Galveston was founded by a pirate. You know why pirates are mean? They just are. So I ended up with inter 
be selling an, uh, bat off a battery truck in the Memphis, Tennessee, Mississippi Delta. I went up down the Delta selling batteries. And uh, but, uh, two and a half years later, I went to work directly for Interstate, which was Searcy, and came back to Dallas. And I did all the battery selling originally in Memphis, the whole Mississippi Delta. And uh, so I came back over here to Texas and Dallas and started traveling the United States, setting up these distributors. So I was traveling, I was gone a lot. Uh, give you an idea, the first year I was gone, mostly, off and on, but mostly for nine months. And I just keep life simple. I just was drinking and partying and selling batteries. And uh, went on like that. My wife uh, said she was going to leave me. And uh, after several years of all that, and I asked her, uh, one night I said, well, why didn't you leave me? And she said, well, you know, my dad drank a lot. And she was from Galveston. And she said, most of the men were uh, like you anyway, so I figured, what was a hurry? <laughs> <laughs> you believe it, we're still 56 years. I mean, that's crazy. Anyway, but the, so she knew what she was up against, but she hung in there. Anyway, by age of 35, I had reached all my goals. Now, they weren't the, you know, I used to use Trump's name in here, but I guess no will. Anyway, Trump and Bill Gates, I wasn't those kind of goals, but I had my goals, and I said that, I'm, you know, this is what I'm shooting at, and I reached them actually ahead of time. And, uh, but there was something missing. I mean, I knew something was missing. Matter of fact, I had become anxious that I had no payoff. There was no fulfillment. I mean, I had a nice house, had a wife, had two kids. They were pretty attractive. They would make money to party and travel. I had a good job. I had a title. I was somebody, and yet I was empty and anxious. I got anxious when I go to open a territory. I said, this is going to be the one. This is not going to work exactly. And I just lived like that. It was drinking more. Anyway, I, I started drinking on the plane, and I came home on one Friday night, and I was half-loaded up and drinking on the plane, and I was, I was building a swimming pool in the backyard, and I was converting my garage into a cabana. And uh, so I've been drinking on the plane, it's about 9 o'clock, and I go out there, and I drink my hand, I'm looking at where the carpenters had worked, and they're digging the hole. And I looked over across the patio, and I had the wall, the brick wall to my bedroom, and I thought, you know, I could knock out that wall and I could put in I could put in these French doors and then the next thing came to me and says, What are you doing? You haven't even finished the room. You haven't even swam in the pool. You haven't partied. And what are you doing? Already changing things. And I kept thinking, what's the diesel? Why am I not happy? What's the problem? And it actually there was two songs at the time that were going on. And one of them said, What's it all about, Alice? The over in here will remember that, and the other one was you stop the world and let me off. I remember thinking both of us sit there and drinking my hand, looking out there. What's the deal? Well, anyway, I went back in the house and got another drink, and that was my philosophical, philosophical search for the meaning of life. About like that. So, but anyway, I went on, and uh, I ended up. I had the DWI earlier. I ended up getting the DWI. Uh, in Dallas, and I woke up in the morning, and I was terrified. All of a sudden, I actually realized that I had lost control. I had planned. I always did whatever I wanted to do. If I wanted to go home, I wouldn't. If I didn't go home, I was just real selfish and self-centered. And uh, so I, I actually thought about that afternoon. I had a friend that bought a, a nightclub, a joint in the main club. And so I said, well, I'm going to work late. I'm going to go by. He's trying to get me to come back and see his place. And so I worked 7.30, and I drove back. I said, I want to have a drink or two. I'll be home at 9 o'clock. Anyway, you know, somebody bought a round, I bought a round. They say, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm busted out. So 
and and the whole deal. I, I remember saying the, the, to the police, I said, "Hey, give me a break. I just moved from Memphis, and I still had Tennessee tags on the car I bought posted up for my wife, and I had a Memphis driver's license. Because when I got the first DWI, they took it away my license, and I had to have it to rent vehicles. So I got Tennessee tags, Tennessee driver's license. I said, "Hey, give me a break," and they did. One drove me home, and one drove the car home. But anyway, that morning uh, that uh, I woke up about, I don't know, 9 o'clock in the morning or something like that, I called Interstate Live, told them I'd been sick. I was laying in bed, and all of a sudden, it came on me that I had lost control. And I never will forget it, because it was like shards of glass. I remember this, like shards of glass coming down on me, and, and I blurted out, God, help me, I can't handle it. And I remember that. Now, if you'd asked me if that was a prayer, well, I told you I didn't know. I, was, I didn't. That was when God. I hadn't even really thought about God. I mean, I went to Sunday school as a kid and did stuff. And as soon as I was like 13, 14, I was out of there. And uh, but He uh, heard me. And uh, it did. Now I didn't want you not to go to AA, which was alcoholic anonymous. And uh, I went to AA, but I didn't go for a month. I never read the book. It's got a bunch of chapters in the book, but I didn't read the book. Now understand something, my whole social life has been involved with drinking. We go on fishing, we had boats or beer or whatever, the same thing, football games, the whole deal. And uh, but anyway, God heard me and he helped me right then. And uh, I, like I said, I went to AA and now living like I did, you can understand I never went to church, you know, maybe you know, two or three times a year and I went to church or whatever, but I went to this, you know, AA like for a couple of months and then a friend of mine came to me and he said that, he said, Norma, he started telling me about the Bible. Bible, I said, the old book, old people, you know, where, where are you getting all this stuff? And he said, no, no, it's the Word of God. I said, come on, the Word, word of God, the old book, old people, ain't got anything to do with me. And he said, no, it is. So I said, no, okay. I said, I'll tell you what. He said, I said, prove it. I thought I'd run him off. But anyway, he came back to me, and uh, he, uh, I thought I'd really throw a challenge at him. And he came back in like just two days. He brought me like some books and some uh, readings and stuff and everything about them. Now I want you to know, I didn't even open the Bible. I started reading and studying about the Bible to see if a person with a brain could actually embrace it as the Word of God, God's true history of the world. I thought, come on. Well, anyway, I was totally amazed. I got into a study of archaeology, a study of the history and weight of historical manuscripts, and I got into the, the scripture fulfillment. And now, what I mean by that is the Old Testament was written hundreds of years before the New Testament. And so I started reading about the fulfillment of promises and statements as, as many as five and six hundred years before it ever even happened, before Christ was fulfilled in the New Testament. I'll give you an idea. I got into archaeology, and it's less than we know. It's less than like 150 years old as a science. But the Bible's been proven correct so often that it's now accepted historically correct and actually used in the trade. Non-religious archaeologists use the Bible to go find things. The more they find, through the years, has confirmed the claims of it beforehand. So it's just an ongoing, developing truth for the history of mankind. Well, I didn't know any of that. And
mean, to have, for, how, just for fun here, how many of you have ever thought about manuscript authenticity? <laughs> I know there's not a few out there. Well, most people have never thought of that, but that's in history. How do you think they teach things in colleges and universities and schools? It's all based on manuscript, the translation and the furtherance of manuscripts through the years, and they judge them, which I'll tell you in just a second. And then the third thing was this uh, prophecy. The fulfilled prophecy, the things written uh, in the Old Testament that uh, are proven true in the New Testament and then through history. To uh, give you an idea, the New Testament has 14,000 manuscripts. Okay? 14,000. The, the number two, the number two manuscript in history for age is the, the um, forgive my stuff here now, is the Iliad. In the, uh, the Iliad has ten copies. Am I doing this right? History of the Gaelic Wars, I'm sorry. Caesar's History of the Gaelic Wars has ten copies written by one guy, Caesar. It's taught to make, make the universities the world true. New Testament, 14,000 manuscripts, historically rated and dated. The number two was the Iliad, which is 643 manuscripts. But the, uh, the thing that got me most was the translation. Uh, in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was translated to Greek, or excuse me. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and, Hebrew and Aramaic. It was translated to Greek. And the minimum is 250 years before. All right, before Christ. They called it the Septuagint. It's acknowledged, even by the non-Christian people, as valid and confirmed. These scriptures, now get this, these are scriptures in the Old Testament. It says that the Messiah was his Hebrew. The Messiah, the Christ, which is Greek, will be born of a virgin. Okay, that's Old Testament, at least 250 years before it happened. It says that the Messiah will come into the city of Bethlehem, a specific city. He'll ride into Jerusalem on the coast of a donkey. I just read that the other day. It was, it was so interesting. It says that the Messiah, Christ, will be scourged and pierced for the sins of man without a bone to be broken. It says the Messiah, Christ, now this is 250 years or more before it ever happened. The city, the location, the event, said he's going to be crucified, sacrificed for our sins as our Savior. And all of this was written all those years before. Now, that, that really got into me. And uh, it says, the scripture says the way what I've done here, y'all, pardon me. Uh, all of this bore tremendous truth to me. I looked at that and I thought, man, there's too much here. I'm going to see what this thing says about me. And I got into the scripture, and the, the one that really hit me was Galatians. In the book of Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit. And it says more. I didn't read, but these three. And it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, and joy.
The fruit of the Spirit is peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So if we would live like that, then we would have the peace and the love and the joy that Christ promises. He says, come to me and I'll give it to you. He says, I'm a gift and I'll give it to you. But we are hard-headed people. I, I was going to sell a t-shirt and say this would be a great world for one for us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I kept on reading. And I said, uh, I read it. Matthew said, Seek and ye shall find. And it, and it said, Not may. It said, Seek and ye shall find. And I wanted to find the truth, man. I wanted the fulfillment of life. I always thought that I wanted to fulfill the freedom. I was created. It wasn't far. I want to fill it. I want it all. I don't want to leave a thing on the table. And so I went after it. And the Bible teaches that we are all slaves. We humans are all slaves. Not just the boot and, and the behavior and everything that I did, but in general, we're, we're, we're slaves to selfishness. It's called sin. I define sin myself. You can check it. But I have sin is any thought or action. Any thought or action contrary to the goodness of God. Anybody in here not guilty? And that's what the Bible says. But to as many as received him, Christ, to them he'll give the forgiveness. I went blank on my script. I get old. How many out here forget me? But anyway, understand this. Just to as many as received him, to them he gives the right to become children of God. And that's the basis of where we are in life. That's the basis of the way we are as a country. This was so wonderful this morning to see people honor God, honor Christ, and the uh, And so I knew that was true for me. And uh, so the, the good news, I think I've got to hit myself. So anyway, one night I, I prayed uh, to accept Christ. I asked Christ. I said one-on-one uh, -on -one in prayer, I asked him to come into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Please be my Lord and Savior. Lead me and teach me how to live for you, which you have promised is the fulfillment why you created me in the first place. So it's a win, like it's this, it's a win-win deal. You honor God, you accept him as truth. He said he, he sent his son to pay for our sin. So you receive the payment as a gift. He puts his spirit in your heart. And he said, if you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. And so he'll he'll in the spirit he'll give us the peace and the love and the joy that we want and crave and built into us and besides that the patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control think about self-control what, what a real problem we have today in the world with self-control think about the, the drug deal I mean I thank God I was just a boot but the drug deal was just accelerated Greater and so that self-control is a gift of God, and he said, it's free. He said, come to me, and I will give you rest. I'll give you, okay, I'm preaching now. Huh? 
2 Corinthians 5, 21, big verse for me. It says, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on my behalf, that I might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. So in short, what he says is, I'm going to take all the lousy stuff out, and I'm going to put all the good stuff in. And if you just honor me and walk with me and follow me, I'm going to get exceedingly abundant to beyond all you can ask for things. That's a promise in the Bible. Now to him who is able to give exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can ask for things. All right. Now I prayed in 1974 to receive Christ. Two major changes. One, fear went away. And the ability to love came in. Now, I told you about the fear and the anxiousness, the anxiousness that was going to fail. And, of course, I had no troubles in the marriage and all that. And uh, because of my behavior. And, uh, but the ability to love came in. Now, my major motivation was in doing the business was a fear of failure. I said, now I'm going to fail. I told you all that. But after receiving Christ and asking to lead my life, I leave, I leave the results of my work up to him. Now, I pray about it. I try hard. I ask for divine discernment, knowledge of his will, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I want all the help I can get to do the very best I can to succeed and honor him in and through it. All right. Now, I prepare, work, ex I seek excellence and all that, but I, whenever the results come in, I say, hallelujah. It's God who loves me, and this is good. I may not see what it looks like right now, but I'm going to go now. Next thing, I'm going to go right on and do the same thing. Now, here I am. I'm, I can't believe I'm pushing to 80. In July, God willing, I'll be 80 years old. And you know what? Since I changed and went with God and God came into me, I've had problems. Don't get me wrong. I had, you know, so I've got kids. I've got a wife. So we've had, you know, counseling, and I've had counseling both ways with kids and grandkids and had some drug problems and, and I actually I lost a grandson. I remember one grandson. Hmm. But anyway, right after I received Christ, my boss, we watched the Cowboys. Got any Cowboys fans? Anyway, about to go by my boss's house because I'm by the airport and I was in the grocery store picking up some stuff on my Sunday afternoon before I was going to fly out. We're going to watch the Cowboy games. And I'm in the grocery store, and I'm, I'm pushing a cart down the aisle. And uh, and I looked up, and I saw these people coming at me. And I loved them. And I knew it did. And that was the first time that I ever knew I really loved anybody. And that's, I'm talking friends, everybody. It was all, well, you know, you make me happy, I'll make you happy family, but all of a sudden these people, I look them in the eyes and I love them. And I'm going to tell you, I can tell you something honestly here today. I love y'all. I can look you in the eyes and I love you and that's why I came here. They asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? He said, to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Life in heaven. To love your neighbor as yourself. So my priority in life, and anyway, that's a command. God wants me, you, us to do it. So I've decided the best way that I can express my love for God is to love, try to love others. And uh, that's what I do. Scripture said, God so loved the world and gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I get that. 
whosoever. That's us. That's me and you. If you want to have your sins paid for, you want to have health to kind of live a good life now, the life that God intended, and you want to be guaranteed eternal life, it's in Christ. So he's the only begotten Son. All right. Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. I want to ask you, anybody in here does not want a more abundant life? Anybody? Heck no. Christ said, I came so you can have life in all its abundance. And again, how much is it? It's a gift. So I love you so much, I gave you. So think how, I mean, really, we were, I mean, I was really stupid. There's probably some out here that received a gift, a gift like that for, for nothing. And, uh, and yet we said, oh, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. I got this, this, don't do this. Anyway, I did all that. Well, then I chose Christ 44 years ago, and I tried to follow him. And I said, the major thing in my life is to try to follow what he says and to it says, as many as received him, he gave the gift of love, spirit, to fill you with the spirit, forgiveness, God's provision. He, he, if you live for him, love him, trust him, he provides. He guides and directs you the way to go, provides for you. I received that gift, I said, in 1974. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. And I know some of you have heard of this before, you've already made a decision. But some of you may be hearing it for the first time, or, or maybe it's ready for the first time. Anyway, I want to give you the same opportunity that I had and a bunch of us in here have had to receive Christ into your heart, pay for your sins, the Spirit to help you live your life. I'm going to give you that invitation that you can receive that today, just like I did in 1974. Now, I want to tell you something. That while I've been talking to you, I'm telling you these things because I'm telling you the things of God. I'm telling you the things of and the Bible teaches when a person with an open mind and an open heart receives the truth of God and receives the word that God draws them to it. If you've had a stirring and hearing and hearing and hearing in your heart and you're talking to you or if before you came some other people or some problem in church, but if you got a stirring in your heart, that's Christ. Christ is saying, I love you. Come to me. I've covered you. Let me help you. Let me give you peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control that I have. I have it. I'll give it to you in my spirit. I'll put it in your heart. You draw near me. I'll draw near you. I'll give you a life exceedingly abundant beyond all you can ask or think. Now that's the deal. What's it cost you? It's going to cost you, it cost you a little pride. <coughs> Say, I need, I need help. Or I want more. He said, come on. I got it. All right. If you came in here today, and when you walk out of here, if you got hit by a truck and killed, then would you go to heaven? Do you know that? Do you know if you go to heaven or not go to heaven? You can know when you walk out the door today because God said, 
been riding it all for all those years. So let's pray, please. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings. I bow my heart before you now. Miller is also getting a standing ovation. We're going to get a quick interview here.
Preparatory Academy. They did a pretty good job. They sure did. You know Miss Leeds. Yes. She used to throw her yes, candles at kids. I was going to say, watch out. She's very accurate with <laughs> <laughs> So we're waiting on the closing remarks from Thor Thornhill, whom you know. Yes, I do know. I have babysat for his kids before. Oh, wow. All right. So, By the way, folks, if you need a good babysitter... Hit me up when I'm available. <laughs> If not, hit Maddie up. Maddie is almost always available for babysitting gigs. Okay, what did you think of the event? I'll talk for 20 seconds just to give you enough time to fill out your card, if you would. Um, if nothing else, your name and your email address. Uh, we have these events through the Christian Businessmen local chapter. It's a national board. Uh, we have a local chapter, so you can get involved with us uh, if you give us your information, but we'll also have more events. So, not to put her on the spot, but I did ask Captain Schultz if she'd be interested in maybe being a future speaker. Would y'all want that? <laughs> corporate sponsors today, um, PAX Financial Group, Supplies, Kruger, and Chick-fil-A at West Point Village. 
Doodle Construction, Hill Country Dermatology, Green Mansion Inn, and Broadway Bank. My first client ever, Broadway Bank. Mikhail <laughs> Law Firm, T-Bar M, Camps and Retreats, Rojo 032, or, um, yeah, 032. Yeah. And, of course, there's Thor's crew, HMT Engineering and Surveying. Then Documation, Blue Bonnet Car Industry, and Castle and Castle Peep. LLC. Castile and Castile. That's right. That's our mayor. Well, mayor I can't Castile. Say, it's hard I can't to see. The font that. is actually very, very small. On it's me. all blurry. And of course, we want to thank, uh, hosted by the New Braunfels Christian Businessmen's Connection. They left the end off, but that's no big deal. Hey, how are you? Um, <laughs> but did you have a good time this morning? I enjoyed it. It's like I still have to work here no, roughly until like. 8.30-ish. And then so. um, we also had the privilege of meeting the pilot of the uh, Southwest 1380, so that was yes. pretty cool. We have a picture, so be ready for That's that right. on our Instagram. be ready for that. I'm going to be doing my audio surgery here as I get this ready for broadcast today at noon. And, uh, be ready course, for it's, it. Uh, two generations with one mission and I want to thank your dad for that beautiful banner and folks if you ever need any kind of promotional stuff I can tell you right now um, chalkline.com chalk beautiful, beautiful it's a thing. stuff my name is Jason Dias alongside Kiki Culpepper and to God be the glory there ain't no practice runs in life this is